welcome back. Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Renwick. What can a poor boy do except tournament bass fish and lead the path, blaze the trail for ruling the world? Hey, right now we are proud to bring to you, ladies and gentlemen, Seth Fighter, right here on Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. Yeah, Seth. What's up, dude? How you doing? Yeah. Hey, there's Seth Fighter. <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Seth Fighter right there. Sorry. What's up, dude? <laughs> the volume was turned down. Yeah, I'm you know, sometimes if you either turn it on and turn it back off or, or you know, whatever it takes, you know, sometimes you got to charge the whole thing up, dude. But welcome to the big <laughs> show, man. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Hey, you know, you're blazing a trail, dude. You are blazing a trail. Are you? Com- yeah, it's been the last good two weeks, man. It's been fun. Are, are you coming down off of cloud nine yet, or are you still up there? I think it actually just hit me yesterday. Like Everybody keep, kept asking me, has it hit you yet? Has it hit you yet? And I thought it did, but it kind of sunk in yesterday for me. It was, uh, it was a pretty special two weeks I just had. A- a- absolutely, man. And seriously, you, are, you had an iconic couple of weeks right there uh second place in mississippi right yeah and then you just won the big derby on, on in your home stadium right there yeah. i mean that is awesome that is awesome oh. man uh, i mean and second year on the tour and making some waves right there making some yeah. waves on the charge <laughs> that's good stuff yeah. hey seth fighters up there guys <laughs> Case yeah, you didn't man. Know. Hey Seth, say hi to say hi to my buddies here. These are the Water Warriors. This, What's up, Seth? This and is Ryan, Ryan Popcorn Whitaker. That's uh, that's JP Kitty, not JT Kenny, but JP Kitty. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's the Southside Smallmouth Samurai over there, Bobby Bergeron. Howdy, howdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, these these are the, <laughs> yeah, come on over, that? Bob. Those are the Water Warriors okay. wow. right there. Hey, you you got a pretty special deal because you live in uh, in a place where you're from Minnesota. And you live in a place where a lot of people neglect our favorite, our favorite creature on the planet, the bass, the supreme. Yeah, yeah you know, walleye and muskie country for sure. Yeah, you, you can have those things as far as I'm concerned. Those walleyes yeah. and muskies, man, and you and you get to reap the benefits of uh, yeah. of, of some un, we, untouched pressure. Yeah, we got some awesome bass fishing in Minnesota. We got a ton of really really good lakes and. I mean, there's some lakes that don't even get bass fished every year, you know? That, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And you, and, you know, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, smallmouth, Malax, smallmouth. But there's a, there's a huge population of the greenfish, too, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Like, every lake we have has a largemouth in it. You actually kind of got to, everybody thinks Minnesota, every lake's got smallmouths in it. But you usually got to drive a little bit, actually, to catch the smallmouths. Where are you at right now? Is that is that the Seth Fighter man cave that you're in right now? No, it's my buddy's house, John Figgy. He lets me sleep in his basement. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awful nice of John, you know? Yeah. He's a good dude. Do you guys, like, play PS2 and stuff all the time down there? No, he's, like, my team tournament partner, so we fish all the local stuff together. Oh, nice. Excellent. Uh, excellent. Excellent. You uh, are so. How much longer do you have in Minnesota to to fish the uh, the soft water? I mean, will you be out there for till probably close to Thanksgiving or before that? Yeah, I usually fish till all the way through October and then November. I like shooting ducks. That's a good time to do it. So get after them a little bit, and then uh, you know 
January start heading south. Yeah, I mean it's com- it's coming up, man. And and you're in your oh. third your third year on the tour. You have you do you feel that you have progressed um as far as what you've learned uh you know, not only as your skills as an angler physically, but your skills as an angler mentally? Have has it progressed in your own mind in the last 2 years? Yeah, for sure, a ton. That's this sport's pretty much a mental sport, especially I mean, when you get to that level it's not like people can't skip docks and stuff like that you know what i mean everybody can do everything and they're all really good at it, even if it ain't their specialty so um the mental game's big it's i've learned a lot in the last two years these these big multi-day tournaments are a lot lot different than you know fishing those one day jackpots back home you just you gotta keep adjusting and keep making good decisions all the way through the event Hey, Seth, uh, going back way back to like three weeks ago in lacrosse, <laughs> um, one thing, talking about mental, um, now this doesn't have to do with, uh, I don't think, on the water, but uh, first off, how was Elite Fest? Did you enjoy Elite Fest that over there at Shaver's time. house? That was a good time. Yeah, was he cooking good up food, a bunch of ducks beer. or what? It's fun. Yeah. And uh, you know, speaking of mental, I kind of heard that y- that you might be a little superstitious. In that, yeah, uh, I was told. That, I think we all are a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. But I was told that you were kind of during that tournament, as you were doing well, you were trying to do the same thing every night. Like oh, you right. left that you left Elite Fest at the exact same time. Yeah, every yeah, night. That's a total deal. Eat a bunch of good food. Drink. I think it was 14 beers, and then uh, <laughs> get up for the tournament next morning. Nice. Perfect, right? R- Ryan's very superstitious, Was Seth. it 14 beers every night? I mean, did it have to be 14 each night? Well, nobody was counting, but that sounds about right. Well, he, apparently Seven's you were. a lucky number. He just wanted to double yeah, it Yeah, he, he doubled down on it. Yeah, And, uh, and superstition. I, I did wear the same pair of pants for two weeks without washing them. Perfect. That that's what I'm talking about. And this superstitious guy right here never wears pants during the live broadcast, so it's very no. uncomfortable <laughs> for the rest of us over here. I can't wear them. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's very it's very uncomfortable. If I'm not sticking to this chair, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> you see how Seth backed off there? That was that was awesome. He's like, all right, I had enough of this. That's gar- that's garbage right there. That's that's garbage. Dude. I like that you're working on the length, dude. You got to keep growing that shit out right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm- I'll be on your level here in a little while. It takes commitment, though. It does. It does. It, it, and, then, and then you don't brush it. That's, that's the whole idea. And wash it oh, once a week. Once a week, wash. That's my, that's my hair tips for the day. That's all you're getting out of me, dude. That's all you're getting you out of me. Just grab the boat fast, and it just it makes it look good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is it officially a mullet? I don't, think so. I don't think I exactly have a mullet, but it's just know, with the hat. It looks you kind of got to be buzzed on top to have a true, true <laughs> mullet. But uh, I thought you said you had a hammy. Business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ten ninety. <laughs> hey, all right, let's get a little technical because we have to we have to appease some people that really want to hear technical stuff. But I would just BS with you about random nothingness for this whole time. But we got to get some technical stuff out of the way. You. Uh, you were fishing rock piles for the smallmouth on Mille Lacs. And uh, not exactly. More isolated boulders. Okay, isolated uh, boulders. Size of your yeah. truck. Uh, hood of your truck. Hood of your truck. Yeah. And pinpointing them. Now, are these all, are these all spots that you, you know, are these history spots? Are those spots that you kind of knew about? 
Not really, but that's a solid pattern on that lake. I mean, half the stuff I weighed in fish off of was stuff I actually found during the tournament. I would uh, that was, I was expecting the bite to be quite a bit different when I got there, and um, that ended up being the deal. So I, I just kind of went looking for it in areas that historically have big fish. Gotcha. So it, I mean, it seems like kind of an obvious question, but do you feel that? That um, because a lot of times anglers on their home bodies of water, history can hurt them just as well as, as help them. Did history hurt you or help you on this event? Um, I mean, it was a slow start. I went to stuff that typically is productive, you know, at the beginning of the first day. I didn't really practice for this tournament. So um, I kind of started on stuff they'd typically been on that time of year and uh, wasn't having much success. Caught a couple of decent fish, but wasn't around a lot of fish. And, uh, kind of switched gears and I ended up catching one off a big boulder kind of by where I was thought I would catch them. And then, uh, and then I just started side scanning looking for new ones in that same area. There you go. Now, why did you pick the drop shot? Oh, uh, that's just bread and butter, smallmouth fish. And I, I had two rods. on well, three rods on my deck, but I had a swim bait and two drop shots rigged up. Uh, the swim bait deal wasn't really happening yet. That That's, I spent a week there, last fall as soon as i saw it on the schedule and did a lot of homework then and but uh the water temps were a lot colder when i was there and that that swim bait was the deal so uh, mm-hmm. i had that on the deck but drop shot and that's just i mean you don't go to a smallmouth tournament without one tied on yeah and and it was quite kind of the year of drop shotting it seemed on the elites there was a lot of that going on this year so, yeah I mean, it's just a great technique catch get bit and catch a lot of fish so why would those big small mouth? I mean, I know the drop shot is deadly. Okay, I know it's deadly. So, but why would they hit that? Uh, why would they hit the drop shot around those boulders as opposed to to dragging a tube through there? Uh, no, a tube would have been a great option. A football jig's a really good way to catch them up there too. They are eating crawfish, but um, the bottom there is literally covered in zebra mussels. So yeah. anything you drag on the bottom really puts a big damage to your line and. Uh, I like fishing baits off the bottom on that lake for that reason, so that's kind of why I stayed with the drop shot. Just, uh, you know, if you drag a tube, you're going to break a couple off, and fishing wasn't that great where you were going to get, you know, you weren't going to get 10 of them big bites a day. I was getting, you know, about six each day, and, uh, you know, I was lucky to land most of them, so uh, it, it, just, it was just a gamble dragging stuff on the bottom for me. The right tool for the job. That's what it yeah. was. That, that's what it was. I'm going to jump back a minute. And then jump forward. The uh, talking about the psyche of, of professional bass fishing. How cool was it for you uh, as a, as a young elite series angler? And I'm sure this happened. Correct me if it didn't. But to have some of the icons and the legends and the dudes that you totally respect in the sport coming up to you after your win or after your 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 iconic two weeks and and like being like, dude, you knocked it out. How did that make you feel? Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I, you know, I grew up watching half these guys on Bassmaster and stuff. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, a little shell-shocked right when you start out fishing against these guys. But uh, it, it's really cool to get, you know, I guess earn some respect. Like, if you catch them on the Elite Series, you get a, a lot more respect. And I hadn't really caught them yet in my previous year and a half or year and three quarters. So it, it's a really cool feeling. So tell us a story about that, about one of these icons g- coming up to you. G- give us something that sticks in your mind. Uh, 
I mean, nothing super specific. It's not like I had great length conversations with him, but, you know, just like guys like Amart was like one of my heroes, and he came up to me after the tournament and was like, you know, good job. It wasn't nothing crazy, but it, it's still pretty cool, man. Did you understand what he said when he, when he said good job to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got most of it. <laughs> He's coming on after you, so we're 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 gonna. You, you want anything? To, you got anything for us to tell him from you? By the way. <laughs> no, nothing really. Just, you know, yeah, no, it's kind of weird. You know, he's like my hero now. Fishing against him, so it's like I don't know. Yeah, you you are like one of the most laid back elite guys we've ever had. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, whatever, it'll be. It was, it was a good couple yeah. of weeks. Catching some fish. Yeah, or John Cox. John Cox was really laid back, but he's FLW. But he was up for a couple of days, so that was awesome. Yeah. Hey, that- Seth, uh, going back to how you got yourself into the Elite Series, um, I was reading about it, and, uh, man, it was it really impressive. I just want to say the, the way you got there. You fished, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you fished, it took you three years three tries fishing the opens correct correct and you got 10th twice in points and then sixth is that is that correct that is correct yeah i mean that's that's awesome man but what do you have to where do you have to be in points to make the elites out of the opens well technically they invite five guys a year but the year i got six i believe there was two or three elite series anglers ahead of me in the points so they went down to i think they went to seventh that year so there must have been two guys ahead of me that's really cool man and and then uh you know to know that i I was also reading that that you had uh you kind of strategized right on on how which opens the fish just so you could like you knew you you felt like you were going to make the elite series um um yeah well the you know i had only fished local minnesota wisconsin stuff before uh fish in the open so you know i don't know what it's like down south it's all reservoirs and rivers and you know stuff i'm not really used to i just fish natural lakes basically mm-hmm. and uh so the first year i did the centrals just to see if i could you know catch bass down south and see what that was all about and did fair so that gave me a big confidence boost that you know a bass is a bass is a bass and uh um then i just fished the northern opens the next two years just figuring that was probably my best odds of qualifying you know there'd be a couple smallmouth tournaments in there and uh you know mostly northern fisheries so did a lot of did a lot of the northern techniques that you use that you know your bread and butter your drop shot and all that stuff did it all kind of transfer to that southern fishing yeah it's quite a bit more power fishing than i'm really used to but uh you know you can still catch fish you know fishing finesse down there too you know i throw drop shot wacky senko a lot and uh shaky head stuff so um, it's definitely a good way to catch fish down south, but it's definitely more of a, a power-based fishing style down there, you know, chucking and winding. What, and, what was uh, the most uh, the most difficult uh, transition, like, as far as learning those new southern fisheries? What, what was the hardest thing for you to adapt to? Uh, I'd say tidal waters have been my biggest weakness. It's just, I don't know, it never seems like we go to a good one at the right time, and so it's like you can fish the winning spot like two hours early and not even get a bite and like you know you don't even think it's any good and then you find out two days after the tournament you see like pictures and stuff you're like well i fished there and didn't even get a bite and the guy wins the tournament there you know it's just right. that thing's that thing's caused me the most problems is tidal water for sure wow 
What's your favorite bass style jig for fishing smallmouth up north? You tie your own? I hear you got a secret little jig. Uh, I throw a hair jig a lot in like the spring and early summer. But uh, that was a Canadian deal that got showed to me. That wasn't nothing I, I started. but You could take uh, credit for it. Great, great way to catch them. Do you put a trailer on your hair jig? Uh, I do, but it, it doesn't stick out past the hair. It's merely for um, increased casting distance. Right mm-hmm. on. Right on. Who's next? Oh, JP, you're up. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm giving these guys a round table. It's a round table. I didn't know it was a round square. <laughs> it's actually an L-shaped table. Hey, I, I heard something about that deal up there that you won. <laughs> I heard you didn't practice. Is there any truth to that? Um... Well, the first day of practice, I fished a tournament down on Lake Minnetonka. The second day of practice, I went out for about an hour, tried fishing two different spots, and within 15 minutes, I had three boats around me. And then the last day of practice, I essentially went out for an hour or two and shot a a gallery with Thomas Allen for Bassmasters. So really no practice going on? No, but like I said, I, I put my time in there last fall as soon as i saw it was on the schedule i put a lot of time in there so and i wasn't too worried about their small moss you just you just you can't get too attached to where they were a day ago two days ago three days ago so that lake i every time i go there i fish a lot of new water and it it's uh you know it's that good of a lake that you're you're gonna run into them somewhere sooner or later <clears throat> that's, that's awesome he pulled a biffle yeah he remember, did remember when tommy biffle did that yeah and they switched <laughs> that tournament to douglas yeah He's like, I ain't going to learn anything on this lake I ain't learned in the last 20 years. At least so. I'm going to cut you. Yeah. I'm gonna cut. Hey, do you ever go out fishing <laughs> just for the, uh, do you ever go out fishing just for the largemouth there or what? Yeah, well, that lake used to be all catch and release and we had tournaments there that were actually essentially just largemouth tournaments. You could only have one like mega, super big, small mouse. So, um, you know, years back when we fished tournaments there, it was all exclusively largemouth fishing, essentially. We had Kelly Jordan on last week, and, and he was he was so stoked about the fact that he really found a bunch of big largemouth, and, and it kind of shut down for him, obviously, during the tournament. But he couldn't believe what was going on. He was catching six-pounders in practice. Yeah. No, there's giant largemouths in there. But it's it's like any of them places like, you know, Sturgeon Bay and a lot of the Great Lakes. There's good largemouth in there, but, you know, for every – five pound largemouth there is there's you know a thousand five pound smallies in that lake so it's just the odds aren't in your favor you know on a, on a lake like Malax, how old is a five pound smallmouth in your opinion i mean i don't know exactly but i mean there there's definitely 20 year old fish in that lake no wow. doubt Jeez. i mean it's under ice for five six months out of the year you know they don't grow much i mean you know, down south, bass get big quick, but, I mean, they take a few years just to get, you know, that big. Right, right. There's wow. still a little bait. It's just bait. Yeah. What was your favorite uh, lake besides the, you know, the Malax, I guess, in the, in the Mississippi River that you, that you fished on, on the Elite Series this year? Well, give me one of the this southern year, ones. Cayuga was probably my favorite. Up in New York. Yeah, I, I like New York. It fishes a lot like Minnesota. It feels like home when I go there, so we, it's, it's just real similar, you know. We, Natural lakes, clear water, grass, and that's kind of what I'm used to. Lake Kajagoogoo. That's what we call it here. 
Lane Kajiguru. Yeah. Hey, hey, Seth. Cayuga. <laughs> That's it. Hey, man, That's you got anything you, that you want to shout out before uh, before we head out here, man? Uh, I'm just, if you want to catch up with me, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Seth Fighter Fishing. And uh, big shout out to Rampola Dio and Outcast for keeping the dream alive. That That awesome. is awesome, dude. Hey, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening. And talking to us knuckleheads here on the air, dude. <laughs> no, nah, that was fun. Yeah, Thanks, we, guys. we appreciate the support. We'd love to have you on again, all right, dude? Yeah, anytime. Take care all of right. yourself. Godspeed, Bass Warrior. Hey, Straight Cast <laughs> Outdoor Cartoon Television, coming back with your buddy, Aaron Martins.